I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for the reminder of that God is our Father. I'm thankful for good fathers and godly fathers that stand for their families in a time of great crisis. And tonight as we look at the Word of God, I want to invite you to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verses number 9 through 11. As we look here in our text tonight, we're going to see the great escape. Now, as uh, I want to just share a story as we get started about a man named John Coulter. Now, John Coulter was part of the Lewis and Clark expedition for three years, and he helped them as they went across the, the territories and along the western frontier. And, and when they finished that expedition, he returned back to trapping beaver in the Three Forks area of the Missouri River. And he was deep in Blackfoot Indian country, and, and as he was there, I, one day he was out inspecting traps, and he had a, a friend there with him, uh, there in that in that time at that time and this companion they were uh, there uh, on this riverside and as as they were checking those traps instantly they looked up and saw the Blackfoot there on both sides of the river and and they knew that they were surrounded that they knew there was no hope of escape and but regardless uh, John's friend tried to escape and as soon as he started to escape the Blackfoot cut him down and he was killed but Coulter let himself be captured and in his capture. The Blackfoot, in, in, for fun, thought it would be great to strip him down, strip him of his clothing and his shoes, and, and they led him out onto the prairie and then released him uh, and gave him a, a little bit of a head start, and then several hundred Blackfoot uh, went off in pursuit. And they tra uh, tracked him, and they followed him, and for 11 days he did his very best to escape uh, the Blackfeet, traveling day and night, he uh, scurried across fields, he tramped through the woods, he covered 300 miles in 11 days before he made his way to safety. I am so glad God doesn't say you have to earn your way to heaven. So glad God doesn't say you have to uh, figure out your own way to escape. In this moment, we see where God gives us in 1 Thessalonians 5 that a, a way, this great escape through Jesus Christ. And so as we look at this, I just want to look here at our text this evening in verses number 9 through 11. Let's read this together. It says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. So let us pray together. Father, we love you and thank you, Lord, for the text of Scripture this evening. And thank you for this great encouragement tonight. Lord, I thank you that um, you have revealed your heart for man, even in these three simple verses. Lord, I, it is just amazing to me that you could love a sinner such as I. God, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for this time together in God's Word. I pray that we would be strengthened, uh, Lord, by your Spirit and uh, in the inner man, that we might continue, Lord, in these last days to continue to look for your coming and be faithful unto the end. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. In our text, we find that we've been encouraged through 1 Thessalonians uh, regarding the second coming of Jesus Christ. And 
Paul is encouraging the church, and the church was in uh, a little bit of time where they needed some correction, and they needed some, some help regarding some, uh, some things theologically, and especially in regards to those who had gone on and died already. And, and so he dealt with that issue in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and he uh, just brought comfort to their hearts in verses 13 through 18. And then he picks up this same narrative here, and he talks about Christ's second coming. And so he's dealing both with the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ, and both of these in in conjunction together in these two passages. But we see here he even points to the wrath of God here, and we'll talk about that in in just a moment. But we see that God provides an escape from the wrath that we see that's mentioned here in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Because we see that God's desire is not for us to endure this wrath. In verse number 9 he says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that God has a desire for our life that is beyond His wrath. And you know, when we think about God, oftentimes people think He is an angry and vindictive God, and He can't wait to strike you down for some wrongdoing. But here we see God painted as a, dic- a different picture, and this is a picture of grace and mercy. And this picture here is a picture that the world needs to hear and needs to see today because God hath not appointed us to wrath. And now He's speaking to Christians directly, and it says, listen, Christian, he says, once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God has not appointed you to wrath. That is not what's going to happen to you, and so God has a different plan and a different picture for your life, and so really, as we see this word appointed in the Greek means to put, and it's used as a term of appointment, and we see it's used in John 15, 16, and the same word is used as ordained, and so God is stating that his plan for the redeemed is to stand, um, is not to receive his wrath, but instead to stand in the place of redemption. What a glorious thing that God has done. We consider the wrath of God. I want you to point uh, you uh, to Revelation chapter 16 with me. And in Revelation chapter 16, we see that there is the wrath of God here that's poured out in Revelation. And we see this through the different judgments during the time of great tribulation. And in this time of tribulation, we see that God is showing us, listen, there is a wrath to come. It's pouring out of this judgment and this persecution. And and I want you to see that God does not desire for believers to go through this at all. He says, I've not appointed this to you. This is not your appointment. This is not your set time. Revelation 16 and 1 says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. We see here God's uh, great wrath will be poured out upon the earth during this time. It will be a terrible time. You know, over the last several weeks, I've thought heavily about the end times. Over the last several months, as a matter of fact, at the beginning of March, we were blessed to have Brother Dr. Weigel come and, and just share with our church during a prophecy conference the truths about the, some of the coming prophecies in the Bible. And I was just so encouraged by that. And then God shows us how quickly some of those truths that He talked about even then and the Word of God refers to, how quickly those truths can come to fruition. It seemed like overnight, instantly, churches had to close their doors. It seemed like overnight, instantly, we were all banned from going anywhere. It seemed like even overnight, rioting and looting and murder has has sprung up in every area of our nation and the world. And literally, uh, and, and all of this in my mind, I can't help but not think about that day of God's wrath. That day of coming judgment. 
Daniel calls it the time of Jacob's tribulation because God is using that as he pours out the wrath to draw his people back to him. See, God, even in that time, even when that wrath is poured out, God still has a desire to redeem man unto himself. That's the picture that God is sharing with us here in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. That is the mercy of God being poured out here. Matter of fact, I think about uh, that time of, uh, of tribulation and as it comes. The Bible says in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, and it demonstrates also in Revelation 4, uh, that in both of these places that the church will be caught out. It will be snatched away. And the church will not endure the tribulation. And that's what we see here in God's promise is that God has not appointed us to wrath. This is not our appointment. It's not our, ours to have to bear. But this is, this is what happens when the church is removed. The presence of not only the church, but the members of the body who contain the Holy Spirit that indwells them is also snatched away. And this world will see chaos reign like it's never experienced before. No more restraining power of God's Spirit will be in this world in the lives of believers. You think things are bad now, wait until that day. And therefore God says, listen, it is not an appointment for believers. He says, that is not for those who have called upon Christ as their Savior. I can't imagine what that day will be. In just three months when we've seen doors have to, uh, the doors of churches have to close. And in three months we've seen our, our country go from what seemed to be normal to total upheaval and chaos. And we have seen that in just a short time even while believers are here on this earth, I can't imagine what it will be like in that day. Are you ready? And this is what God is warning us here. And God has said, listen, this is not for believers. And so God has given us a deliverer. Look in, this, look in verse number 9. He says, he says but God is not, uh, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but our appointment, you see this, is to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, what a blessing. What an incredible thing that God's desire for you is that you might be saved. Right now, in this place, that's God's desire. If you are a believer today, God says, listen, your appointment is to be in His presence. In verse number 10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Glory, hallelujah. I tell you, that is a wonderful thing. And we can, we can take great comfort in this truth because God has given us this wonderful deliverer. And God says, listen, I've not appointed a day for you where you're going to be uh, suffering in the, in, in, uh, in, with all the unbelievers in this world in my wrath. But instead, I've given you a deliverer and his name is Jesus Christ. No one else's name. Listen, Buddha is not the deliverer. Muhammad is not the deliverer and never can be because they are dead in the grave. Only Jesus who rose again can be the deliverer. Only Jesus who is eternally the Son of God is the deliverer. And God says, listen, my desire, my appointment for you is that you might believe in Jesus Christ. We consider God's mercy. And I can't help but look at this passage and think, man, look at, look at God's mercy in this poured out. He says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. What an incredible picture here. God says, listen, my picture, my, my, my mercy is displayed in that though you deserve hell, I offer you salvation. That's grace and mercy at work. 
This is not a God who hates, but a God who loves. This is not a God who's, who says, I can't wait for you to mess up so I can trip you up. No, God is saying, listen, I want to cover your sins under the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, won't you come? Won't you believe? Won't you trust? He says, there is a day that's coming, a day where I will pour out my wrath, and I've warned you, and it's coming. And world, wake up, because today is the day of salvation. Psalms 103, verses 8 through 12 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Can you say amen to that? Aren't you thankful that God has, that has not dealt with us after our sins? And He says, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. But as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgression for, from us. The Lord offers salvation to you today. The Lord says, listen, come and experience the salvation that Jesus Christ has bought for you. God says, I have an appointment for you. I have a desire. I have set up a time for you that you might be saved. And then he says in Corinthians, he says, today is that day. Won't you be saved today? Watching on live stream today, I know that it's a little bit different, but let me just invite you. You can call the office, you can, you can text us, you can reach out to us by email, and you can have someone that will just share with you from the Word of God how you can be saved right now. How that you can put your faith in Jesus Christ and be spared from the wrath of, of God to come. You see, because God offers salvation, that's His gift. The world today is, is in screaming out the injustices of God Yet I can't help but see that as a sinner, God has not given me what I deserve, but has given me His mercy. God, I don't need, I don't need justice. I need mercy. And so do you today. And I invite you to accept God on His word. Accept Him His way and put your faith in Him alone. There's a story about a young girl named Kim her dad had pulled off the road and he was helping a lady change a flat tire and he was lying under that car when another car swerved into the lane and hit the, hit the car he was working on. The car fell and hit him in the chest and uh, five of his ribs were broken. His thumb was tore off in the joint and his left lung was pierced and it began to fill with blood. His wife, who was just five feet tall, she prayed and said, Lord, help me. And she picked up the back of that car and they were able to drag his, his uh, body out from underneath the car. She later found out that she had broken a vertebrae in this massive effort. But her, uh, Kim's father was in a state of total shock. He just, things began to shut down and they took him to the hospital and the doctors were preparing for surgery and they said, his thumb won't do him any good if he's dead. We've got to save this man's life. His survival was iffy. They didn't know if he was going to make it or not. Suddenly, almost spontaneously, his color went from uh, ashen to pink. He experienced in that moment just God's merciful hand. And he invited, uh, and, and in that moment, he realized that God was performing a mighty miracle in his life. And he began to sing, Fairest Lord Jesus. They didn't even hook him up to oxygen that day. He didn't find out till later that this was the precise moment that his father-in-law, who was a pastor, had his congregation start to pray for him. 
as we look at this, his name was James Loder. Now, James Loder was a professor at, the, uh, at Princeton Theological Seminary. At this point, he was not saved. He taught seminary. He knew about God, but he didn't know God. But that day, when God worked and intervened in his life in a miraculous way, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and was changed forever. You see, he had been pretending to be religious and he'd been pretending to do church his own way and he'd been pretending to, to do all these things in his own power and his own ability. And, and, but the reality was he did not know Jesus as the Savior. You know, the world is saying, I, I want a little bit of this religion and I want a little of this religion and I want a little of this mysticism and I want a little of this uh, thing because I like it. And they're, they're going along with religion like it's some sort of a buffet the reality is, Jesus says, I am the way. Not multiple ways, not however way. He says, the way. You see, God has said that there is a day that is coming. A day of great wrath. And God has given you the opportunity to escape the wrath of God by putting your faith in Jesus and Him alone. You see, the reality of God is very real. And He invites you into His presence. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. God demonstrates to us. He says, let us therefore, because of all that Christ has done, because He is the one that has been the interceder, because He is the high priest, because He is the one that uh, has paved the way for salvation, He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We all need God's mercy. We need His help tonight. Don't let your pride, don't let your self-righteousness keep you from knowing what it is to experience the salvation of God. He invites you to Him tonight. Because when you accept that, He offers an escape from worry. Look in... 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 11. He says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also you do. You see, there's an instruction here because as we see that God says, Listen, uh, in the salvation that I provide, I give you a way to escape worry. What an incredible thing. Just think about all that's going on in our world. And, and I can't help, uh, you know, many... Uh, many of you have lived much longer than I have, but even in my short time that I've lived and, I, and I've, the history that I've read, I can't help but wonder what in the world is going on with people. They've gone crazy. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for the truth that we're sharing with you tonight, there would be great cause for worry. But as a believer, I'm comforted. He says, wherefore comfort one another. Listen to these words of, of God. He says in Psalms chapter 23 and verse number 1. I love this, this passage. The Lord is my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. With Him as my shepherd, with Him as my, the one who's in my life and guiding me and leading me. Listen, I have nothing to fear because I will not want. I'm not going to have any need of anything because God is the one who is in control. 
Do you have that kind of confidence in the great shepherd? Do you have that kind of confidence in the one that says, listen, I will lead you beside the still waters. I will make sure that you have all that you need. I will, lead, I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. In every step of this journey, he says, listen, we can trust the great shepherd. He says, so don't worry. Don't fear. And this only comes when we put our faith in, in him. And so there's a comfort here that's commanded and, and, and I, love, I love the fact that Paul in this passage, in, verse, in chapter 4 and in chapter 5, as he deals with this second coming, and he's dealing with the church in Thessalonica who is struggling with the lost family members that have gone on before, he says, listen, this is a source of comfort. This is a source of strength. This is a source where, where we can be encouraged here. It's not a source of discouragement. And so, Christian, let me just encourage you in this time, comfort yourselves Comfort one another in this truth because God commands us to be comforted. Listen, as we face the end times, God gives us a warning. Matthew chapter 24, and I'm just going to read a little bit of what Christ's words here in verses 4 through 8. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. There's a lot of deception today. Not just about Christ, but there's a lot of deception, period. But he says specifically, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Even Jude, verse 4, warns us of this. And so we've got to recognize that God's Word is saying, listen, in these last days, church, it's not time to abandon the Word of God. It's time to stand upon God's Word. It's time to come back to God's Word as a family and say, listen, we're going to give ourselves to God's Word. We're going to commit ourselves to knowing, memorizing, meditating, studying God's Word so that we can continue forward. And this is what he says as he, as he goes on. He says, uh, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Then there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and in diverse places. All these things, listen, he says, is the beginning of sorrows. Wow. I'll be honest, if it wasn't for Christ, that would be scary. If it wasn't for Jesus... And the comfort that he gives us in verse number 9, for God has not pointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for that truth, that verse would be scary. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, a similar warning. I want to share with you from that as well. Verses 1 through 7 says, But this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. You know, I'm not a, a prophet. Those have been done away with uh, because we have the Word of God. I'm a preacher. As a preacher, I'm telling you, we're in some perilous times. And he says this, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. We're full of self-righteousness. We're full of our own desires and loves. He says that we shall be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Doesn't it break your heart when you read stories of mothers who abandoned their children? Doesn't it break your heart when you hear stories of people who would be willing to murder their own child? Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This is 
This is an important next one here. He says, having a form of godliness. In these last days, we see a form of godliness around us. Different types of religions and garbage that have been, has been piling up all around us in so much confusion. And this is what God warns us of. He says, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. And then he goes on, it says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Truly, folks, this is perilous times. But God has not left us comfortless. But God has not left us without hope. He's given us a way to escape this worry. And though things seem bleak and, and, and we see that uh, it may, our heart may be prone to fear, I remind you that 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so Paul here is encouraging and reminding these Thessalonians. He says, listen, they had it worse than we do now. He says, comfort yourselves. He says, don't lose hope in this moment. There's no reason to despair. And instead, he said, look, have hope in these end times. And though these day are days of discouragement, and though they may seem like these are days of darkness, though there are days when the world tries to cave in on you, I urge you to look what God has in store for believers. Revelation chapter 21 and verses 3 and 4. He said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. That's, that's heaven in a nutshell. He will dwell with us. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. That's going to be a great day. And I tell you, that, that is, that's what's going to make heaven worth it all. People talk about the streets of gold. And they talk about seeing their loved ones. Listen, those things pale in comparison to the fact that God promises His presence with us for eternity. It says, and they shall be uh, His people, and God Himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. His presence will remove the sorrows of life. In His presence we'll experience perpetual life, the everlasting life. No more hurt, no more pain. In His presence, broken hearts are forever healed. In His presence, former things, the brokenness of this world, shall be passed away. So Paul urges us here, he says, continue faithfully. Church, don't give up. In the midst of despair, don't quit. He says in verse number 11, he says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. He says, listen, don't quit. We've got a calling, church. And that calling is not over because COVID came. And that calling doesn't end because things get difficult. And that calling doesn't, doesn't end because we get weary. But instead, God urges us to continue forward and continue even in these last days. To continue to build a, 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 the, the house of God together. To continue to uh, strengthen one another by God's Word. Continue daily in God's Word as a family, as a church family. 1 Peter chapter four, 2, verses 4 and 5. 
5 says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up and spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Listen, God says continue to build up. Continue to offer this, this, this time of uplifting. And so let us build one another. Let us encourage one another because the devil's doing his best to destroy. I have never before seen the devil working so openly in his mischief than, and than I have in these last days. But I tell you, it will continue to get worse. And in these last days, we must, we must not allow Satan to be in the middle to bring disunity and discord in the, in the church. We must remain steadfast. We must remain unmovable. We must always abound in the work of the Lord and recognize that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. So let's be faithful. Church, God's called us. We can, be, we can build this most holy faith by remaining faithful in our witness by remaining faithful in our presence, and by remaining faithful to go, by remaining faithful to encourage, by remaining faithful in our giving. There may be a temptation to give up, to despair, but God calls us continue. Listen to the promise He gives us in Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What a glorious thing that God has offered. This is an encouraging word for us. And Paul says, listen, comfort one another. Comfort the body of believers today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24. Let me remind you what he says later in this same chapter. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God is faithful. God will walk with you through these valleys and God will walk with your family and God will, will, will choose to be by your side every step of this way. Are you willing to follow Him? Perhaps the coming wrath of God has you greatly concerned. It should. It should have us concerned enough that we do something about it because the Bible says in Revelation 20 and verse 15, it says, And whosoever was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire because the end of that time of wrath, God says that all those who have rejected Jesus Christ, He said, will be cast forever into hell's lake of fire. This is not a figurative place, it's a literal place that God has created for the devil and his demons that follow him. And God desires for you and me to be saved. But if you choose to reject him, if we don't continue to carry the gospel into the world, the, the lost will spend eternity here. It's not a temporary time. It's not figurative. It is literal and it's eternal. I beg of you today, don't put off until tomorrow what God has called you to today. Because God's desire is that you might be saved. His appointment is that you may obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. His desire is that you might be saved this evening. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. We're in a season of long-suffering. We're in a season of grace. And in this, when this season ends, it will be a time of great wrath and hardship. But he says, he is not willing that any should perish. If you're watching this and you're without Jesus today, God says that he does not want you in hell. He wants you with him 
He loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the love of God displayed for us tonight. And He invites you to come and be saved today. You see the, the warning from 1 Thessalonians 5 is that you might be saved. There's a time where great wrath is coming and in that wrath God says, listen, would you come? Would you put your faith in Jesus and be saved? Escape that coming night and trust Him completely. Listen, it's not going to be by works of righteousness which you think you can do. It's only by His mercy. And so God offers you that tonight.